1: Hard working people working hard for you and me. Moving higher, time and time again. Through the years, you'll find us here.
0: Moving higher. Hello, and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 216. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Tractor Zoom Deliverant Insights. And the reason that's brought to us. By the people at Tractor Zoom is because got comic man from Tractor Zoom on, and we're going to talk about what's happened in the auction, man. So, Kyle, how you been?
1: Good. Uh, thanks for having me on, Casey. It's been a while since we've been on the podcast, and yeah. there has been a lot happened in the market. So, I'm I'm looking forward to diving into the details.
0: Yeah, there's a few things have happened, right? There's not a. It's not like there's a giant swarm of people wanting to buy a bunch of used equipment, new stuff at all, is there? There's hardly anything going on. It's pretty quiet. Auctions are slow. Just the same old, same old, isn't it? <laughs> it's
1: something like that. Yeah. But I think people have a little bit more cash in their pocket and willing
0: yeah. A lot more optimism out there, a lot more things going on. Um, so, for those of you that don't know what Tractor Zoom is and who Kyle McMahon is, Kyle, why don't you run that down real quick about who you guys are, what you're doing, those kind of things.
1: Yeah, uh, Tractor Zoom is a website that advertises farm equipment auctions from over 480 uh, auctioneers across the entire country. Then we also have another company called Iron Comps, where it provides people like Casey the insights into the auction market and the analytics that we see and market trends. So then you can better price equipment, better do deals uh, and get more exposure into what's actually happening in the auction market. So yep. what we're what we're really doing is we're on a mission to streamline the um, allowing people to find and value farm machinery uh, quicker than they ever have before, and continued on that mission for the last four years of of the business.
0: You guys have a great product out there. There's usually when I see a new a new uh, internet thing pop up and whatever, that's somehow, it's gonna completely change my life, you know. And then I look at it and I'm like, Ugh, "This sucks." But tractors have had been like that, man. You guys have done a great job of of keeping. Uh, it's really that because I, you know, I talk about it all the time on here. The canary in the coal mine, right? It's the it's the one catalyst out there that you know really can start seeing things take place and take hold, and you can really see things kind of derive out of out of a certain thing. We start looking at trend lines, especially in the auction marketplace and how they see. So why don't you just give us off the data that you're pulling just as a, from a 50,000 foot view, kind of what are you seeing out there in the auction market right now? And and what are the trend lines that you see happening?
1: Yeah, well, uh, not unsurprisingly, overall, the machinery market's up from values, right? Absolutely. But I I, I really think I could dive into uh, each asset category and what we're seeing in each of those. But I think the overarching view that we continue to see in the auction market across all 480 of those auction companies uh, or auction partners of ours is lower inventory, um, which has less optionality for that buyer to be purchasing that equipment, right? I think you guys have been talking a lot about it on the Moving Iron podcast, lower, um, lower inventory, and the equipment's a supply and demand marketplace. And when farmers have $7 corn, even if they might've sold a lot of it back at $5, it's still very profitable times. And people yeah. have had a lot of aging equipment um, that are getting hired hour where the focus is really on that low one, one, two, three, four, five year old piece of equipment. Yeah, and that's definitely what we're seeing in the market. What's been really interesting um, I guess a few really key pieces of what's been very interesting to us is lower horsepower tractors, say that 40 to 100 horsepower class, has actually grown the most. Different demographic, you know, not many farmers playing in that uh, in that segment, but year over year, those prices are up 33 percent. Where if you look at row crop tractors, those are up about 15 to 22 percent, um, and a lot of that focuses on that lower hour. Uh, row crop tractor into that 2000 hour mark so yep. a lot of focus a lot of focus there the other interesting thing is we have not seen many combines sell in the first quarter of well the first two quarters so far in 2021 and uh you know we don't have a lot of data to really represent what's going on there but it seems it appears to be a pretty flat market yep but think that focus might be shifting what what do you think what are you hearing
0: from me? yeah so so again like I, I track these numbers um every every month i get a report that shows me how many machines got are on uh, on listing sites right um and on the retail side and since the first of the year we've seen a few things kind of trickle off you know nothing really big nothing really over overwhelming taking place um We've seen some growth in inventory since over the last uh, couple of months, but a lot of that is to do because a lot of these uh, early, you know, wheat machines and stuff like that are getting delivered. So we're seeing more uh, used combines kind of come on the marketplace. I am fully prepared that after April going through May, June, July, that we're going to see a huge spike in in the number of used combines that get sold, especially those those late model low hour combines. There's a lot of, of, uh, you know like s 700 series combine inventory out there that's you know 17 18 um i'm sorry 18 to 19 model um machines that are that maybe not have the the 250 hours on them or 300 hours on them but they've got the 500 to 600 to 700 hour machine kind of hour range on them and you know the guy that's got 1500 hours now is going to be looking at those machines and looking at up upgrading those machines and what that looks like i think that there's a there's a fair amount of combines that are going to come off the marketplace here in the next 30 days. I'm, I'm pretty anxious to see what, what the main numbers look like when I get that report and then where that hour range looks. That's the other thing, too, is I track is the, the number of machines in, in a given hour range and what that looks like. And for the longest time, it was always, you know, that 1,500, uh, you know, 3,000-hour combine that was – Kind of holding up the the whole circle of of, uh, of the combine washout cycle, and now if you take a look at that, those numbers are they're pretty even across. I mean, there's not just a whole bunch of machines in one little area. They're they're kind of starting to fill in, and we're starting to see things take off, and and, and starting to kind of fill in those gaps, especially that less than a thousand hour machine. So I, I really do believe that there's going to be a pretty big run on a lot of stuff. Primarily combines, corn heads, um, you know, draper heads, those kind of things. We're going to see a pretty big push here in the next uh, thirty to sixty days. That that uh, it's going to do us some favors more than or more than anything. I mean, in what way? Um, well, with this whole COVID thing and, and not being able to get supply and 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 just the way anything has been right now as far as supply chain things go. This this is a kind of an unprecedented kind of a a twist to to the used equipment market right now, right? So we don't have typically you either have a bunch of used equipment to sell and and not much new equipment to sell or you have a bunch of new equipment to sell and not and a bunch of used equipment because everyone's trading in their used for new, right? Well right now we don't have the new equipment coming in that we can sell when guys want the new piece. So they're going back into the to the cupboard and looking at some of this later model stuff, some of this Maybe maybe not the low-hour stuff, but maybe they're looking at that 500-hour machine when they wanted that new one. They're going to take that 500-hour machine, run it for a year while their new one's on order or something like that, then trade that machine back in after it has you know, a season of use on it or something like that. Or they could just be like, well, the new one's kind of expensive anyway. This used one looks better. I've got some capital. I'm going to go ahead and jump up and buy this thing now. So we're seeing this rapid depletion of the used equipment across the board whether it's um Mm -hmm. you know whether you're looking at tractors you know like you and i were talking before we started recording tractors is a great example of that there were 13,000 some odd number of tractors on the market in january we're down to like 9,500 or something like that but the bulk of those machines were sold um there were 1,000 or 1,300 and some change sold in March, and there were um, another thousand sold. They were taken off the market anyway. They, they were they had no trade ins coming back in behind them. Thirteen hundred in April. I'm sorry, thirteen hundred in March and a thousand in, in in April sold. So I mean, of that thirty five hundred machines that have been taken off the marketplace since January. Twenty three hundred of them were sold in one month or in two months. So we're going to continue to see that that go and especially in a year where there's going to be some profitability. I think guys are kind of factoring that fact in. That they're going to have some profitability coming in. There's just not going to be the machines out there. You know, we're not going to have that whole stock of, of new equipment sitting on the lot in in September, October, November, like we've had in the past, you know, going through the end of the year. We're just not going to have it that stock there because t- what we have coming in on stock is sold. I mean, we have an overwhelming majority of it sold, so... It's one of those things where that used equipment's gonna have be there, and it's just gonna can each month is gonna get more you know it's just gonna be a a multiplication factor every year you know every month over month over month where we're gonna see this this roll to the end of the year and you know by january by uh October November December the highest auction months in uh, that are out there there might not be enough equipment that yeah. to fund auctions to even go out and even have an auction you know
1: so, so, and you're hitting on something that I actually, I'm making myself make a phone call every single day to try to figure out what's going on here. As we have this inventory depletion, it's going down very quickly yep. and we see it in the auction industry too. Yep. It's everybody is, is, is upgrading, but they're adding to their fleet. They're yep. not just replacing it, exactly. which, yep. which is why you're not seeing all the trade ins. And if you sit back and look at like, okay, if we continue to have these global economic supply chain issues, how fast can the OEMs turn on the spigot to fulfill orders? Like I think John Deere has a $9 billion back order on inventory and they can't hire the people that they need to help build the machines. I think the Waterloo plant in Iowa has like 400 manufacturing job openings. The Dubuque plant has 75 job openings. So it's they're not going to be able to fulfill those jobs. They can't get the material to build those pieces of equipment fast enough. So I'm sitting back trying to, trying to understand what is that gonna to do to the used equipment market mm-hmm. on, a, on a proactive, like forward-looking basis. And I, and I think if we start to look at the data that up until now, what we're starting to see is there is that really big focus on those low-hour pieces but they're just getting consumed by the market versus replaced. So right. at one yep. point in time, Will we see farmers say, you know what, I just bought that new S780 and I have those other two S680s in the shed or whatever it is they're adding to their fleet and they turn around and go, well, I don't really need it. I'm paying interest on it or I could use that $200,000 for something else. So at what point will we see them dump
0: that equipment back on the market? You know, I think that'll be one of those things where, because right now, if you take any, any 2012, 2014 model combine that's got you name it two thousand hours on it 2500 separator hours on it something like that um it the the auction value hasn't really changed for those machines right no and to your example that's what's sitting in the guy's shed that he didn't want to trade in because he's going to get you know he's getting 80 grand for it or 50 grand for it or 60 grand for it or something like that take it to the auction you're still getting the same you know 50 to 80 thousand dollars for it maybe 90 grand depending on if it's you know better than than everything else around it type of deal I think what you'll see is when, when the market gets to a point where the guy that's got this, you know, the 2008, 2009, 2010 machine, and they're looking to kind of jump up to do that because their machine now has got, you know, four or 5,000 hours on it type of thing. And they're going to say, well, I'm going to go ahead and graduate up. You know, I'm going to cut my hours in half. I'm going to get that 2,500-hour machine, you know, because I'm small operation, do my own work type of stuff, you know, whatever. Get that machine kick it back down um when that guy starts paying 125 grand for that combine that was worth 80 thousand dollars because the demand is that's not necessarily what the guy even wants right but that's what's available in the price range he's wanting to spend in that that to me you start to see that that's when you're going to start seeing those things come back out and to be honest with you i think we'll see a lot more on-farm you know, farmer selling to farmer type of thing, then we'll see dealer buying it from a farmer, selling it to uh, another farmer someplace else. I mean, I think we're going to see more of that. We're going to see more of these, you know, classified ads and and whatnot that are going to start popping up and and doing those kind of things. So I I think that's where that'll be from. Now, if if this thing continues down the same path that we're going on and we see the same situation um, this time next year, it's it's better than it was, you know, next next year's better than it was this year, but it's still not there yet. You could really start seeing some some used equipment values that are going to be um kind of like that uh well, oh, what was that? What was that stock that, that that everybody's jumping on and got up to 400 bucks when oh, GameStop. No. It'd be something stupid like that where you start seeing these these used machines that are bringing just slightly under the price of a new one, you know, and or you start seeing a five year old machine that's now, you know, forty or fifty percent higher than what it was, you know, yes. five years ago, type of thing. And that's dangerous. That's a dangerous territory to be in because then you start getting people where when the market does come back down and does correct back where it should be, <clears throat> and the supply gets back in there and, and meets up with demand, all of a sudden that machine is you're just there. You know what I mean? So um I'm not I'm not like, so doom and gloom that I'm really worried about that there's going to be some huge whatever because, believe me, these manufacturers are going to figure out a way to, to manufacture equipment. However they, did, however they figure that out, however they get that kind of thing worked around, they're going to figure it out because they quit making money on selling used equipment off the, off the factory line a long time ago. So it's, it's one of those things they've got, to, they've got to go out and produce new equipment. They're going to figure it out.
1: Yeah, no no doubt they will. It'll be an interesting next one year of of what that inventory will look like. And uh, I'm I'm curious to see how far the inventory depletion will continue to go from the dealer level and what we see at auctions um, and and really what that does to the used equipment market because then people – have to realize that okay, well, I'll just maintain what I have if I can't buy that nice new piece that I want, or I'm not willing to accept that price premium that the market's willing to bear right now. Yep. So that I'll service it. Well yep. parts might take a little longer to get to me if I have a breakdown. Yep. So I think that might be also playing into why people are adding to their fleet. Mm-hmm. They want that late model, but at the same time they're recognizing it's taking a little a, a little bit longer to get parts. So they don't they need that they want that assurance to have the backup and they feel like $6 corn is, is the perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing, Casey, that, we're, that we've that we recognized just here since, since December 1st, we have seen a significant decrease in retirement sales. Yep. And at retirement sales, <laughs> yeah. we've seen over,
0: over, yeah. the last, yeah. over the last... I mean, it makes sense. One more run. One more wave, boys. Run <laughs> ride one more wave. <laughs>
1: but... But what that's done to the market is those, yeah. those retirement sales have, have brought some really good equipment to market and people are willing to pay for that because they feel like farmer John just 10 mm-hmm. miles down the road. I know it takes care of it. He waxes it yep. and, and that brings good equipment. But what that's done is take that equipment off the market, not show up at auction. And, um, over the last four years, we've seen an average, uh, over the last four years, we've seen a 22% increase yep. in the number of retirement farms selling two combines versus one.
0: All right. Yep. Now I think you're right. I mean, there's um, kind of a hit on the point you just made there about the uh, you know the guys that are not trading their stuff in and how that comes to retirement. Obviously, right now guys are like, I mean every every time you turn on the TV you read anything about about what's going on in, in the grain marketplace if we had trendline yield in, in corn soybeans and wheat we'd still be at zero right I mean so you know we'd have to have some remarkable like grow three times as much corn as we have ever grown and ever to to have a surplus you know what I mean so it's just one of those things where it's out there and I think these guys read that I mean I'm looking at this thing right now and and I'm pulling some levers and doing some stuff now that I would have never thought I would ever even be talking to people about because it doesn't matter what happens. We we It's going to take three years to fill back up the used equipment back to where we are right now. It's going to take that many selling cycles to get it back to where it was at the beginning the beginning of 2020, you know what I mean, going from 2019 to 2020. I mean, that's, that's how much things have changed, you know, um, from from what we saw even not far ago you know you, you talk about the retirement thing I, I sit next to a, one of our sales guys and we're talking to him and good good friend of mine you know I always try to find the, the most seasoned person in the room and try up have a conversation with him because I'm going to learn something from him you know and I was, I was poking some fun at him. I was like, Wait, "Are you going to ride this one more, one more wave for you, buddy? Before you retire, you are going to ride it out about three more years and hang it up?" And he's like, "Oh, you've read my playbook," <laughs> you know. And we, and we were joking back and forth about that. But it's, I mean, that's kind of the same thing with all these farmers that were, that have hit that you know sixty-five, seventy-year-old range, and they're they're thinking to themselves like, "Well, you know, I've got an opportunity here to, in the next three years, probably to regain." all the equity I lost the last seven years. And then when I get to that three or four year mark, I can hang it up and I'm going to be right back where I started at. And then I, and, you know, I'm having a retirement sale and I'll ride off in the sunset and get my hundred horsepower tractor for my five acres and call it good, you know, and, and, and run around with it and have a good time. But I think that's kind of the mentality that we're starting to see right now with a lot of folks in the ag industry is that I got one more wave. I'm going to ride it. So it starts to see it, start to see it's cresting. Then I'm bailing. And that's, and I think that's what we're going to see.
1: You know, it, it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me, but uh I think we did see that in the twenty fourteen run up and then the years yep. after. Yep. Guy, it, it, if we learn from that economic cycle, guys hung on to it a little bit longer until it was four years of break yeah. even price. They and- finally said, All right, I yeah. better I better hang it up
0: now. Yeah. The thing about that last the last run we had from twenty Well two thousand and six really, up till twenty fourteen, really, that's kind of where 2014 was like for sure the end. You know, some people say 13, but I mean, 14 was for sure. Like, okay, we've we everyone's coming to agreements that we are in a downward cycle right now. I mean, you almost had a 10 year run of just no matter what you did, you made money, right? And I think that seven years still it's still in people's mind that, uh, that uh, of what we had done over the last seven years, because typically you'll get a a three or five year cycle that really let you turn and burn. Then you'll have like a seven-year drought, and then you'll have this three- to five-year cycle again. You know, a lot of economists I've talked to, and I, I hear and I listen and I read uh, what they're talking about, um, and they're saying, like, this is a 10-year thing again, like, just based on the economies that we see right now and how the how, how the whole world is kind of coming together with the economics that are out there. I mean, it's not like the U.S. is a, is a place where there's a shortage of grain. I mean, I mean, hell, China can't buy enough grain. Brazil's going to have an issue growing uh, their their corn crop this year, which was supposed to be the corn crop that was going to save the world, and they're falling short on that. You know, Europe is doing the same problem. They've got, you know, wheat issues with freeze and everything else. The Black Sea region is struggling the same way. Australia is having a good wheat crop for the first time in, like, I don't know four years or whatever they've had some stupid drought down there. Seems like since I was born, but they've had they've got an opportunity to where they're going to have some some really good opportunities to to shower the world with their grain. And but that's just one place. It's not like it's a big amount of of, of area that that's, so everyone's kind of struggling through this. And it's going to take a while to make that all work back right. And it's just going to continue to see that that pressure grow and. You know, I don't think. I don't think inflation is. I think there's going to be some short-term inflation that we have to worry about, but I don't know it's a long-term problem. You know, I think it's going to be. We're going to see a lot of because we have this big growth coming out of where we're at, but I just think that this this thing is a is a. I think we got a good three to five years worth of of kind of upward trajectory here before we get to a point where people need to start being metered about what they're doing and what does that look like. And but in the meantime. The supply thing is going to be a problem. It's going to continue to be a problem, and especially with um, on the used side, with the price of new equipment. Because there's some of these some of these guys are just going to be, no matter how good it is, they just can't justify the price of whatever. But they can justify the used one, and so that used market's going to stay strong. I think it's going to stay strong longer than we saw it this last go around. So, with all of that said,
1: your early order program starting June first for planners, is it? Yeah, that'll probably get taken up relatively quickly. I don't, I don't think that
0: any manufacturer is expecting to see, you know, seven days worth of orders come through. I think they are going to see seven hours worth of orders come through, and that's going to be about about the gist of it. I think it's if you're listening to this and you're wanting to buy a new planner, whether you're buying a deer, a case of whatever, you know, and this is your chance to go. Put the new order in you, you, you better better be ready to, to do it because it's not anything that you're gonna be able to like well you know I need to talk it over with the what you, know. you you need to either you're doing it or you're not and you've got a very short amount of time to make that decision because it's gonna happen quick and
1: so the guy who, who waits to the eighth hour mm-hmm. the guy who waits to the eighth hour and doesn't get a bought he's gonna have to go to the used market likely right or go to, to brand or something. Um, and then he's in a, and then that uh, he or she is going to have to find something in the used market. And I can, if they want to upgrade, if they're still on older technology or they yeah. want to up, upgrade to high speed, that's going to play a bigger role in used equipment too.
0: I think so, yeah. And I think I think one thing or, we, yeah. we, I've been thinking about this a lot too, whether it's on any machine that comes to the EOP, some guys might order that new one and be perfectly fine with. All right, cool. You're going to get your planter, but you're going to get it in August of twenty two. Right, you're not going to be able to plant with it in the 22 planning season, but in his head or her head, he's like, you know what? I'm good for 23, right? Now, what does that do to used equipment as you start going through this? You've got an extra bunch of hours. They're going to be on some, maybe what would have been late model, low hour equipment. You got another season of use on whatever it is. So that could have an effect too um, on what we see happening in used equipment, which could just means that now the late model, low hour stuff, what is considered late model low hour has just moved up the spectrum a little bit, and now the 500-hour combine is now late, hour, late model low hour combine, and the 900-hour uh, you know, tractor is now late model low hour type of thing. It's just that, that relativity, you know, relative to the situation where you're at, I think could, could start playing a big, a big role in what we see happening in used equipment.
1: I, I, I couldn't agree more, and and that's kind of as as we sit around and, and analyze all the data at Tractor Zoom and Iron Comp. Especially what we talk about, we haven't seen combine prices take off necessarily like we have tractors. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, as that focus shifts from planting to harvest season, we're expecting that uh, that demand to really show up on the combine market. Just like you are, there's a lot of inventory out there. We can start to see that inventory depletion. But, again, that's the optionality, and what can I actually buy? A- yep. And that could create some, uh, as we joke internally, the toilet paper rush. They don't want to miss <laughs> out, right? right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: They, they want that new shiny machine because corn's yep. six, seven
0: bucks. Right. And I think, you know, when I look at combine values, exactly to your point, there, there's nothing out there that's made the combine worth more than it was. I mean, everything else around it has a shot up in value, you know. And because... Typically, typically, you know, the tractor is one of those things guys kind of update more than they update anything else just because it's um, it's more justifiable. You can, the cost, you know, you can, guys, you know, I can use it for a loader tractor. I can do a million different things that they can do with them. And not that a combine isn't justifiable because Lord knows you need a combine to get your crop out of the field, but it's just been one of those things that's been so expensive to, to upgrade over the last seven years that it's just kind of one of those things like i'm pretty pretty good where i'm at right now i can see the value of a combine increasing um you know starting to see that that's that that move up in value probably august september time frame and then it's just going to keep getting more because by that time that i think i think a big 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 chunk of this later model lower hour stuff is going to be gone by then and what is left is going to be drug up by the relativity of, all right, cool, so all these late model large stuff that was already priced is gone now. The second wave's coming through, which isn't going to be much. There won't be many of them. But when it does come through, those are going to be priced higher, right, because you can get more for them now. And that, in effect, in effect is going to bring up the value of older, you know, 12 13, 14, 15, 16 model combines along with it. I think I think we're going to see that happen. So, you know, I've, I've told every customer I've worked with this year that if there's anything that you want to upgrade this year, anything, whatever it is, if even if it's just a rotary hoe, whatever it is that you want to upgrade, this is the year to do it because um, you're going to be putting your stuff on the market on the upswing and not, you know, at the downswing. So, you know, tractors, combines... Tillage pieces. I've been watching tillage pieces, look real close, because that's one of those pieces that get a little bit ignored when prices, when it's, there's not that much profitability on the farm. Used tillage stuff seems like it's been selling pretty well, because um, again, now you start looking at some of these uh, steel surcharges that we're seeing from these short line manufacturers. I mean, you're talking, I mean, I've seen them up in anywhere from eighteen to thirty-seven percent you know, in as, as, still surcharges. I mean, so it's just, there's there's that opportunity that if you have that three or four or five-year-old tillage piece that you're going to get the most for it right now just because of the relativity of of the price of the new, you know, so it's just new value is, is going to play a bigger role in the price of used in what we've seen, you know, in the past. We're going to see more of a correlation with price increases and those kind of things than we've seen in the past.
1: Yeah, I could see. I could see farmers coming to their dealer and saying, "Hey, I want to buy the new piece." Then they get a little bit of a sticker shock, just because that's what it takes to make it right now. Yeah. Everything, the inflation. There's a lot of key components that go into the uh, price of equipment, raising, and so then they say, "You know what? I'll I'll feel like I'll save a little bit of money and, and go to the used market, uh, but you know, be willing to repair it and accept the the fact that I'll be repairing it." But you had just talked about, uh, you know, the combine market. That the auction that's that's coming up that we're um, interested in really watching to see what happens and compare it to uh, previous sales is that uh, Sullivan Auctioneers is doing a, a dealer sale for AHW over in kind of northeast Illinois. Yeah, That'll be a really interesting auction to watch. They've got 27, 28 combines, five are the S700 series. I think they're all S780s, all two-wheel drive uniquely enough. Yeah. And the rest are S600 series combines, and then a few uh, KCI H8230s, 8240s, and two classes So that'll, I think that'll be a, a good testament uh, just after planning season of of what we should expect the remainder of the summer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, that's going to be. Um, I haven't had a chance to take a look at that cell bill. I'm aware of the cell, but I'm not having that chance to really digest that cell bill much. But you know, whatever's on there that that is going to be "quote unquote" late model low hour, um, on the combine front especially is going to be, uh, I and mean, that that's really going to be the tell the tape for what comes for the year, right? I mean, I think if combines are flat and they, we still don't see much of a movement up on these combines, then my theory of people are going to you know update combines, they're going to see this big you know glut of machines get taken off the market yeah you know, I'll probably have to eat my words on that because if they don't happen then you know i don't I don't know when it'll start because that, that's you know by now people have have factored in their profitability for the year they've factored in they've kind of got a plan put in place, what their marketing plan looks like, and those kind of things as they start rolling into fall and uh, if we don't see a, a big move on these combines then i'm I'm gonna have some. I might have some regrets about about <laughs> what we're doing with combines because it's just I think I just think I just feels like there's going to be that that snap in the rubber band. Um, it's going to finally snap, and I think it's going to happen. You know, May and June as we move forward.
1: Well, it, it certainly could, and I, I think just from the data that we've analyzed, there are uh, combine uh, two year old combines that have less than 500 separator hours. Are the combines that are getting about a 10% premium uh, year over year from right now? And that uh, Sinclair sale that Sullivan did last year, that really um, was the talk of the town for it seemed like months, that really set the standard last year. Then this year, almost a year to date, this sale is happening. A lot of good inventory. I think the difference between, or the difference that we're seeing right now is. Uh, last year when Sullivan sold, sold, uh, sold that equipment for Sinclair, the big thing that, that why that auction was a success in our opinion, personal opinion and our data opinion, was they brought different equipment to the market than what the, than the, what the market's seen in the previous year. There had not been that low-hired, late-model machines at auction. And right. so people got over their skis and they didn't put their hand down. Well, we'll see what happens with this one. A bit, there's a difference of what we're seeing in the in the combine auction market right now. There's been a big slowdown of combine inventory at auction. So we could see number one, combine inventory is back at auction. same same market effect could happen here. The second thing that we're seeing is uh, with these machines there's it doesn't appear there's any warranty on them. And for a dealer sale, Dealer sales already get a premium at auction compared to different types of auctions, whether they're consignments or retirement. That warranty really plays a huge role, especially on site unseen bidding um, yeah. Yeah. and opening up that, that buyer pool. We don't see that here, but again, this is the inventory that the market hasn't seen since December.
0: Yeah,
1: Corn has you know gone up right. 40, 50% since then.
0: Yeah. I think this might be one. I, a lot of dealer sales that you watch that have that, you know, we put power guard on or we, you know, we've got, uh, you know, whatever, you know, we've got this, of the other thing they've got. Um, the other thing that you see too, is they offer some low rate financing or something like that. You know, they, they kind of toss a few things around what I would, uh, what, I don't think this year you need to do any of that. I mean, I think it's one of those deals where if you want it, there it is, you know, this is, yeah, this is what I've got. And 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 oh, by the way, this is your choice, so um, I hope hope it works out for you. You know, I really think that's that's where we're at right now, um, especially when it comes to um, comes to use equipment, especially in the marketplace. I think you have more guys that are going to be looking at um, what it means to have that. Um, what's what I'm looking for here? they're going to kind of wait and see maybe what's going on and then go back and talk to their dealer about stuff because I think what they're going to see is, well, I can buy this one here at this auction for, I'm throwing out numbers here, 200000 bucks, right? Or my dealer's got the same thing for 200000 bucks. So what, and, you know, I can work my trade in on that and I can do, look at the, you know, the financing options and those kind of things that play into that. That's the one thing about auctions that I've noticed right now is that, there's no real difference between an auction value and a retail value. They're pretty close to each other. There's not. There's not much draw there. That's going to make make someone say, "Dang it! I wish I would have just, you know, traded it at the dealer." Because I think you're getting about the same money.
1: Yeah. Well, the, as you say, the canary in the coal mine. This is starting to summer off uh, for the rest of the auction season, from uh, from June all the way till September. It should be setting it off on a pretty good note, I would I would expect.
0: This year it's just gonna be a crazy year. I don't think that this is this is uncharted water. I don't know. I've talked to a lot of guys that have been doing and been in the equipment business for a long time and, and they've seen, you know, lived through the eighties and you know the early seventies and those kind of things and and some guys have compared this to the to the early, to the late seventies, you know, leading up to the eighties with the huge run ups in prices and inflation and so on and so forth and what that looks like. But they never had a there was never a time where they couldn't get something. You know what I mean? And as long as we're still in that uh, a scarce uh, area of supply, you know, it, it, it prices are going to stay high and no matter what it is, whether it's machinery Definitely. or toilet paper. It doesn't really matter. So. No, that uh, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that's what we're seeing in the market. Well, let's talk about what's been going on tractor zoom what have you guys have been up to what do you guys uh, what are some of the new stuff that you're adding to the product
1: yeah we're our software engineering team is working really hard with um, we what we do is listen to the customer as much as we as much as we can so over the last really few weeks we've been hitting the road understanding uh, the additional things that we can build inside the product and uh, we keep hearing a lot of great things that you'll you'll see us do over the next six months uh, that will significantly help our customers on, on the Iron Comps product as well as just really staying committed to the auction partners that we have on TractorZoom and making sure that inventory is available to the farmers um, at all times and, and different platforms. So uh, we, we keep working really hard from a technical perspective and adding in different analytics that uh, uh, that people will see in the products coming out. But there'll be some big changes at the company as, as we continue to grow and uh, continue adding some really uh, intelligent people to the team and again, making sure we're customer focused. That's that's the only way we can build the right products is listening to the customers. So, that's that's one thing that we're the most excited about. And you know, keep tracking these trends and understanding how we can use the all of the data that we have and the trends to help our auction partners, our dealer partners,
0: uh, and even the banks that uh, uh, that partner with us. Yeah. I will say this: the market's going up, and things are great. Things are happening, and I think that's awesome, and I'm I'm excited about you know what the transition looks like going forward more people get hurt on the up than they do the down because they 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 get hurt because of the you know when they they buy out go out and buy a bunch of stuff and they come as things come down they get caught so you know i just say keep that in mind and working these auctions and understanding what's going on there and and watching these trend lines develop um you know if i would have Paid more attention to stuff, and in, in 2013, 2014, might not have hurt so bad. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where, you know, it takes three data points to create a trend. And when you start seeing that trend line develop, you need to start making decisions about what you're going to do, uh, what your contingency plans look like, and what those are. And uh, I can believe me in, in 20, whatever, when I started seeing these trend lines develop. You, I will start making changes as to what we do a lot sooner than, than I did in 2012 and 2013 for
1: sure. Yeah. I mean the whole mentality of somebody in agriculture and any commodities based business, and you can start to see those trend lines develop. That's naturally how you need to shift your, your business model. Right. Uh, In the auction industry, we saw a lot of momentum. Uh, Purdue puts out their farmer sentiment. survey, you know, it just skyrocketed in October, November, and then it peaked in December because everybody saw I think we had like four seventy-five CBOT corn at yep. the end of December. Little did we know it was gonna go all the way to seven sixty or wherever. Right. Like almost eight bucks forever peaked. But we in in the months of January and February, we saw people paying more for equipment than what they actually did in March and April, which yep. is still for big auction seasons. But our best estimate to that is people got excited over making money and then they realized. Oh, yeah. Input prices are also coming up with yep. the cash. Yep. So so then it's actually okay back to back to core business decisions. We have high prices, but high prices aren't going to solve all of our issues. So. Exactly. Yep. And, and actually that, that, that changes the used equipment market. And so we're we're being agile in our business at Tractor Zoom to, to make yeah. sure we're
0: keeping up with that. So I think the one thing, the one big takeaway that, that I'm gonna really lean on, and and it really depends on what what happens with new taxing and those kind of things, new administration, what have you with, with Biden's administration, whatnot. But, I mean, the big thing in in 12, where the the new equipment was just taking off and and flying like crazy, and, and a lot of these traditionally used buyers were buying new was he had section 179 that would give you 100% depreciation in the first year on a, on a new piece of equipment, not on a used piece of equipment, right? So when guys would actually sit back and crunch the numbers and, and look at everything and what the tax benefits were and yada, 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 it was kind of a no brainer to buy the new piece, right? Well, now if, if that section 179 stays the same and they can take that first year depreciation up front in, on, on new and used, I don't know that that, that, that new problem or the new the new problem the new selling to traditionally used buyers is going to be such an issue i think you could see some guys that maybe step out a little further on that later model lower hour use piece and, and buy it at a at a premium but i I don't know that they'll jump up to buy that new piece because they're they're going to get the same the same benefit you know maybe at a you know your percentage is a little different or something like that. The dollars that generate might be a little different, but is that extra twenty grand, is that that juice really worth the squeeze? And I don't think it's gonna be. I think guys are gonna be more focused on really looking at their balance sheet. And the one the biggest kind of wild card out there, the 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 kind of what do they call that black swan out there that's gonna have a big effect on used equipment is is how these leaps in technology that we're seeing year over year over year, what does that start looking like, and how does that start playing in, into the system? And, and and more of this stuff is going to start having an effect on just the sheer profitability of, of the way guys are going to be able to take this new technology and spread it across a larger number of acres. will allow them to afford more technology that's going to be able to save them a bunch of money on whatever it is that they're making do with it.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. We're a we're a technology company at heart. That's that's who we are. And adoption can always be a challenge in agriculture technologies. Adoption is the number one challenge, in my opinion, of getting agriculture to adopt new things. I had a, had a mentor um, who used to work at John Deere tell me yesterday, whenever you run into that, just make sure you ask them, when was change a bad thing right. in, in, in business? And it kind of makes you think about that aspect, and you can start to really understand the farmers who've been farming their entire careers, the ones that were willing to adopt technology, even if they're the second mover, they weren't the food first mover on the technology. But they stayed current with that technology, which increases productivity, which increases the best times to be planting in your field, to be in your field, reduce compaction, whatever that might be, and just being able to utilize the data inside of your field analytics. To your actual operation and your investment right. strategy, exactly, and, yeah. and that's the same thing that we think of on the equipment business. You know, if you look at how many farm management companies were started over the last fifteen years, I, we'd be counting all day. But if you sit back and look at the the top three uh, assets or core expenditures inside of business, it's it's land and gas rent, and then mm-hmm. it's equipment, and yeah. then it's input cost. Right. So how can you make sure that you can leverage all three of those investment strategies? and data-driven decisions to make the best decisions possible and you know it makes sense you and i were both pretty big data geeks And that's why we like to watch the equipment market and that's why we do or that's why we're on the podcast talking about data and trends but yep. being able to implement that into your
0: investment strategy machinery is 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 critical in our opinion yep no i totally agree with you i totally agree with you well we've been banging out here for about 45 minutes if you wanted to uh Get more information about about TractorZoom and Iron Comps. Kyle, what's the best way for folks to do that?
1: Yeah. If you're looking for machinery coming up for sale, go to TractorZoom.com and browse all the equipment from those 480 auction companies. If you're looking to price equipment or understand equipment pricing market trends, go to IronComps.com. Additionally, if you didn't get enough from me, you can if if you're in the financial world or a bank uh, within Iowa or around the state of Iowa, uh, I'll actually be talking, I'm on a panel uh, next week on May 27th with the Community Bankers of Iowa, um, talking with Don Van Howling of Van Wall and Arnie Sinclair of Heartland Ag Systems, just having a panel of what we're also seeing in the market. So I imagine we'll talk about different things than what we did today. And then we also have a farmequipment.com webinar coming up May 26th, which is next Thursday, I think. Mm-hmm. Go get signed up from that. Um, one of our biggest data gurus, Andy Campbell, who analyzes the machinery market uh, every day, it seems like. He's going to be talking about the five trends at auction that dealers need to know. So go to Farm Equipment, go look up the Iron Comps webinar. Uh, Again, that's next uh, May 26th or next Thursday, May 26th. So uh, go get registered. Don't don't miss out on that because he'll provide a lot better detail into what we're talking about. And he'll have a lot of charts and graphs that can substantiate that data right on
0: yeah it's good stuff guys make sure you go check that out uh i think iron iron comps is a is a big part of, of what we do uh, when we're looking at use, use equipment values especially so and just checking up on what's what's auction inventory look like like i said a million times and i i will say this to the day i'm, I'm no longer in this business that that auction is 100 percent the canary in the coal mine and it will absolutely if you, if you watch it die and you think you're going to be able to bring it back to life, you're, you're wrong. It's, it's going to stay <laughs> that way, I promise. So, so you, you've got to pay attention to what's going on around you. So make sure you check out Tractor Zoom and Iron Comps there. Kyle, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thank you, Casey. Appreciate you having me. Right on, man. Well, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also, go to movingironllc.com, and that's where you're going to find the entire inventory of Moving Iron Podcasts as well as blogs I've written. So uh, go check that out. A lot of good information there. Moving Iron Summit's coming up, Nashville, Tennessee, September 15th through the 17th. Kyle and his crew will be there. Uh, They're actually going to give a little presentation about what's going on and as well as... uh, you know, they're just they're great guys to just sit around and have a beer with and, and uh, pick their brains about what's going on, too. So highly recommend that you go out and check that out and uh, go from there. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Kyle McMahon. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful, competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology.